We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast, sponsored by No Halftime, the newest way to create daily fantasy challenges for one on one matchups. Download it today at nohalftime.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we cover the week nine NFL DFS ownership percentages, Benny for GPPs. And we're going Bo Jackson on him here once again for the Saturday edition. We're going to cover the Saturday NBA DFS slate on the second half of this show as well. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11, and you can find him on RotoCurve, RotoWire. And as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook, you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Benny, the general, what's going on, sir? Not too much, man. Pulling double duty today, so uh, yeah. Do you feel we got a lot to talk about? You feel like you're a little Deion Sanders going on right now? Like you're gonna play a little corner, and then you know, as soon as the game's over, you can go throw on your 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 NBA basketball shorts and shoot some hoops. That's it. I, you know, I, I remember when I used to collect baseball cards back in the day. There was that uh, Bo Jackson picture where he had his shoulder pads on, and then he had the baseball bat across his back. Uh, that, that, I'm gonna have to take one of those photos and throw it up on Twitter. <laughs> You can't then be like, um, who's this guy and who does he play for? Yeah, they're going to be like, who's, who's the skinny guy over there it's that's like, trying this, to be Bo Jackson? Is right this now? like some YMCA do- picture? Or is yeah. this like, yeah. Or like, he, had to have lost, he had to have lost a bet. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're like, that's, that's Benny's six foot and under league. He's playing yeah. there and, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's balling. He's, he's got two, he's got, what do you got? Two kids? Three kids? Three kids. Three kids. All right. I got yeah. number two coming on the way, so I'm trying to catch up to you. Yeah, don't, don't. Please don't. Don't try. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> All right. Let's go, go ahead and get into something that is worth it, which is subscribing to the 
uh, Rotowire DFS podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to write and review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. We're talking ownership percentages here, Benny. So let's go ahead and kick it off right at the quarterback position. We'll run down some of these top options. Brady at 16.1, Breeze at 13.4. And then you got Eli, Philip Rivers, and Carr, 8.4, 8.1, 7.6. And then your boy, Big Ben, at 4.5. My personal takeaway from this in terms of ownership percentage is that because we saw Breeze and Manning make it rain and we know that Big Ben's back in the mix and Phillip Rivers has been super steady, we have no super chalk this way. It's almost like you can take any of these options and almost feel fairly okay with them in terms of of GPPs, maybe with the exception of Brady. What's your take on this? Yeah, no, I kind of agree almost completely with you. Breeze is soaking up a lot of the ownership at that like $8,500 range. And for $100 more, you have Rivers, who's lower owned than he would be if you know you didn't have any other options in that range. And then for $100 less, you have Ben Roethlisberger. So between the three of them, there's 25% of the field, but it's pretty evenly distributed. So if there's a quarterback that you really like this week or somebody who you think is you know, the guy that's going to be the high scorer... I don't think you really have to shy away from any of these guys up there. Uh, I think that all of them could be in play. And, you know, if 8% is what you're going to get guys like, you know, Rivers or Carr or Eli or, or Roethlisberger at, guys who we, you know, think are all in pretty good spots this week, you know, like you said, whichever one you like the best, I think you can roll with them and not worry too much about, you know, having to swerve because you're uh, trying to differentiate your roster. Yeah, so for me personally, if I'm taking a look at this ownership percentage report and I'm doing my lineup thing that I always do, which is sort of try to look at somewhere between 5 and 10 hookup combos and create all the best options, I'm probably going to take uh, Drew Brees. And here's the next question for you. What do you do? Do you pair him with Cooks? Do you pair him with Snead? Do you pair him with Watson? What do you do in this spot if you're if you're going Brees and GPP? I mean, I think that there is merit to doing all of that and i also think there's merit to just taking him by himself as a standalone kind of guy right because breeze is the kind of guy that could throw a touchdown to cooks could throw a touchdown to sneed could throw a touchdown to watson spread it out none of them could really have yeah none of them could really have a huge game Mm -hmm. but breeze could wind up with 350 and three or four touchdowns okay so i don't think you necessarily have to stack (laughs) anybody up with them i think you can if you wanted to but i don't think that you necessarily have to so I'm going to try not to force anything. I would be perfectly fine rolling him, you know, naked all by himself on the top of a roster. Well, I want if him it, to put the, his uniform on. Uh, you know, I don't want him to, you know, that's going to hurt if he gets hit and he's got no pads, no clothes on. You know, I'm but, so, I mean, he gets rid of the ball so fast anyway, it doesn't really matter. So it's going to be tough know. for me to watch on League um, I'm Maybe if I, I'll put it on Game Mix so, so I don't have to see his junk. You know, you but um, yeah, naked is not the preferred play for me. But keep the pads yeah. on. But um, in all seriousness, no, I, I I hear you. There's some if you can step down and get some of these some of these running back and tight end value plays. And Ben Watson to me counts as a value play um, yeah. at his price point, particularly on DK. Then yeah, I'm with you. You can go quote unquote naked uh, with him and just play. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., Steve Johnson, some of the other guys that we're going to mention once we get to wide receiver. So that makes some sense to me overall. Now yeah. I. I especially like to do that in large field tournaments because most people will stack him up with one of those guys, mm-hmm. and you're going to have high ownership on him. So you're going to have a lot of rosters with him and Snead, with him and Cooks, with him and Watson, but there'll be very few where you take him and you don't take another guy. So if you, let's say, and basically here's the way you got to think about it. 
let's say that Watson is, and I don't even remember what his price is on FanDuel, but let's say it's 52 or 5,300. If there's another guy in that price range that you could take that outscores Watson, but Breeze does have that 350 and three touchdown game where he spreads it around to everybody, you're going to have a chance to be ahead of everybody else that has Breeze and Watson because you found another guy that's the same price who outscored Watson while still getting that top score from Breeze. So there is merit to doing it in a really large field tournament, like a Sunday Millions or like a Millionaire Maker on DraftKings. I think that's something that you can do where, you know, you want to try to differentiate your roster, but you don't always have to do it by taking a low-owned guy or, or doing something else. You just have to do something that other people aren't doing, and I think that that's a way that you can do that for yourself without having to, you know, take unnecessary risks. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so... This is how I'm pairing this up. I'm going to – I will have my breeze. Maybe I'll go empty set. Let's call it empty set instead of naked. It just feels okay. weird to me. Okay. Okay. All Fair right. <laughs> um, Eli Manning, ODB, clearly. Rivers – and then um, we talked about this on yesterday's show. We said Rivers Stevie over Rivers Malcolm Floyd. You you with me there or do you want to split the action? Um, you can actually – I think actually I wanted – what I would – what I'm probably going to do is if you feel super confident about it is – Take a take a GPP. Doesn't have to be the millimaker, you know, three dollar tournament, whatever. Take a uh, Philip Rivers Stevie GPP, a Philip Rivers Gates GPP, and then a Philip Rivers Malcolm Floyd as like your number three wide receiver, and then use the empty set to fill in some other studs. What what do you think? What what are your thoughts there? Yeah, like see Rivers, I don't mind rolling. Um, you know, one of the two wide receivers with them is probably how I'm going to do it because those guys are so cheap right. that if you stack Rivers with one of them, mm-hmm. you can still afford to put three or four studs at other positions into your lineup. Yeah. So, you know, like a guy like a Cooks or Snead even at this point have gotten to be a little bit more pricey than guys like Malcolm Floyd and Stevie Johnson are this week. So it's tougher to fit in Breeze, one of those big wide receivers that he has, and still be able to pay up for like the Julios or the Gurleys or the Devontas or, who, you know, whoever the big studs that you want this week are. But with Rivers, I think it's easier to put Rivers and Stevie or Rivers and Malcolm and still be able to get all those studs up at the top. So with Rivers, I probably wouldn't roll him by himself. I'd probably roll him with one or the other wide receiver. Like we said yesterday, I think Stevie's probably the guy that I like a little bit more. So it'd probably be Rivers and Stevie and then pay up at, uh, you know, the other open spots for some guys that I really liked. All right. Makes plenty of sense overall and you're right you you are getting them as value plays so you don't have to use them as primary hookup options so definitely something else to consider there now um let's talk about these the ownership percentage here Derek carr popped up at 7.6 percent do you feel comfortable with him in gpps um and uh is that enough like do you feel like the he'll be like up over 10 percent ish you know after having to subtract uh you know andy dalton from the mix um I mean, he might go up a little bit more, but I have no problem with him right there. I wouldn't even have a problem with him up at 10%. I don't think that's too high. I like him at 7.6 and Roethlisberger at 4.5. I think that game could turn into a shootout. So I will probably have pieces of both of those guys and a couple wide receivers from both teams together all in the same roster. Kind of like a situation like last week where if you would have used you know, Eli or Breeze with some of the you know, pass catchers from New Orleans or the Giants, you know, you could have put together some really big combinations of rosters by using a bunch of those guys. I think I'm going to try to do the same thing here with Carr and Roethlisberger on top, and then combinations of all those receivers underneath them. 
with Carr only being 7,000 on FanDuel and like 53, I think, on DraftKings, you're probably going to have an easier time of doing it with him, uh, where you take him and either Crabtree or, or Armani Cooper, and then, uh, you know, you go down to Roethlisberger, and instead of taking Roethlisberger, you get some exposure to him by, you know, throwing in an Antonio Brown or a Martavius Bryan or even a Heath Miller in that situation. But I could definitely see myself kind of game stacking um, in, in tournaments this week where I take, you know, two or three pass catchers from this game along with one of these two quarterbacks and then rounding it out with my favorite plays at the other spots. All right. Makes a ton of sense for me overall. Let's go ahead and, um, you know, oh, last thing I want to I ask you here. Aaron Rodgers, 1.2% owned. Do you want to share or is it, are you just worried about his, like, Level of production coming off last week against a tough defense again. Uh, again, uh, I mean in Denver, facing another tough defense in Carolina. How do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, I probably will have a GPP roster that I make with Aaron Rodgers because, you know, basically when you get a matchup like this, you have people that shy away from the big time quarterbacks, and with um, Tom Brady being the guy who's taken most of the money up there at that spot. You're getting, you know, like you said, at 1.2%, maybe he gets up to 2% by, by Sunday with, you know, no Dalton or I don't know if anybody played Johnny Manziel. I really hope not. But, you know, with those two guys not in the pool, maybe he gets up to 2%. That's 50 to 1 odds that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the top quarterback this week. So you have to say to yourself, if Aaron Rodgers plays 50 games against this Carolina defense, can he have one big game? And the answer to that is yes. So if you're getting him that low for a tournament, I definitely think it's at the very least worth a flyer roster to throw him in there because his pass catchers are also very low owned this week. You can get a guy like Cobb pretty low owned or, uh, you know, James Jones had a little bit more ownership than Cobb still. But, I mean, if you go with a Cobb and Rogers stack, which is something that has won people a lot of money last year and even earlier this season, at only 1%, it's really going to differentiate yourself from the rest of the field. So I don't think that that's a crazy thing to do either. All right, fair enough. Let's uh, go ahead and move along from the quarterback position and slide down to uh, wide receivers here, Benny. Alshon Jeffrey at 20.3% popular play. Odell Beckham Jr. at 19.7%. We talked about Malcolm Floyd, who looks like the preferred option over Stevie Johnson, and we've made our case about that on yesterday's show. Then you got Julian Edelman at 16.8%, Julio 15.4%, Antonio Brown 13.2%, Crabtree at 13.2%, and... Amari, or as Benny likes to call him, Arm, um, Armani That's Cooper. That's <laughs> uh, my boy. Yeah, 12.7%. So uh, tell me what you, your, your thoughts are, knowing what we know now. Um, again, I like Alshon Jeffries for cash games because I think he's still a little bit too cheap. At 20%, though, I definitely think he's on that border where you got to think about you know trying to, trying to go a different way with him. Yeah. Um, same thing with Odell Beckham at 20%. I like him in cash. Malcolm Floyd, and this is part of the reason why I would definitely use Stevie here, you're getting Stevie at half the ownership rate that you're getting Malcolm Floyd. So everybody's chasing those points from last week. I think I'd be comfortable you know, going with Stevie and coming off him. I am not a big Julian Edelman fan right now. Uh, they got a whole bunch of pass catchers back there that are healthy. Edelman's a little bit banged up, so I would stay completely away from him. I do like Julio at 15, like you said. I love Antonio Brown at 13. I think the interesting one here is the two wide receivers from Oakland, Crabtree and Cooper, at 13 and 12%. Um, again, I know you have that bet with uh, Renee Miller about which one of them is going to have a bigger week. Coop. Yeah, well, I mean, I like I said, I could honestly see both of them. You know, I, I wouldn't use both of them in the same roster, but I could see either one of them 
having a big week. You know, Crabtree has been seeing more targets, a few don't, more don't red say zone that. looks. Don't say well, that. Well, he, ha- he has don't, been. I'm don't not say lying. that. You know what's on the line, and you're going to be like that? That's mess- like You're said, supposed to have mine I'm, back, Benny. I, I'm not saying who's going to have a bigger game. I'm just trying to tell the people the way it is. Um, you know, this Crabtree is the one time where you can more. just set aside your – professional analysis and have my back you know well you didn't let me finish here i mean crabtree is the one who's been seeing more but cooper does have more upside to me okay cooper's the guy that could break the bigger one he can go for the touchdown and i think that there's going to be um i think that he's going to start seeing some more red zone looks he's only seen one so far this season which to me seems like such an outlier kind of number for a guy that's as good as he is because he is a quality red zone target. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. Like, he's somebody that you would expect to see a few more uh, red zone looks for. So I think, um, you know, you're going to get a couple more looks out of him. I don't know if it's going to be this week or not, but I, I can definitely see using Cooper over Crabtree there. So as far as the high-owned guys go, you know, like I said, the only guys who are really on that verge of kind of being, you know, too highly owned for me are maybe Jeffries, Beckham, and Floyd. Everybody else I think you can use and put in play. Um, I do like some of the cheaper and lower-owned guys as well. A uh, guy like Mike Evans at 9.6%. If there's no VJAX, you got to think that Evans will see a lot of targets. Uh, again, Stevie Johnson at 9%, somebody that we talked about. You could even go down to a guy like Eric Decker at 7%, especially if you're probably not going to have uh, Brandon Marshall this weekend. We don't know how that's going to work out. We'll uh, obviously update that for you guys when we do the you know, ownership report, I mean, the uh, injury report later on. Mm-hmm. You get uh, Stefan Diggs at 5.6%. He's a guy that I think you can look at. You know, again, I think the ownership on him is just too low. He was um, out of practice on Wednesday, Stefan Diggs, so I think that might have something to do with it. Maybe people were a little concerned because he might have had, a, you know, that little cue next to his name when, uh, when people were filling out rosters. Right. But I think that all those guys make a little bit of sense. And then, like I said, you know, James Jones and Randall Cobb, both 3% owned. So if you wanted to use uh, Rodgers and link one of those two guys for him, I'd have to look at the cornerback report. I'm assuming they probably have Randall Cobb matched up with uh, Josh Norman in that game. Yeah. Yeah, so James Jones would probably be the guy who I would prefer. Their ownership percentage is basically the same, so I have no problem rolling James Jones there as well. All right, fair enough. That's the way um, I sort of – uh, take a look at th- this report is like you've got your heavy hitters up top everybody is in that you know 10% range on up mm. and you know for Mike Evans at 9.6 all the way up to Beckham Floyd, Elman Jones, Brown and, and Jeffrey and then we've got Diggs who's still getting a little bit of disrespect like you've mentioned um, and uh, you know Cobb and Jones are the value plays and you know if you st- if you feel like Ted Ginn can get some stick him on his hands uh, at 2.9% <laughs> then then fair enough in those spots. Um, I'm I'm going with a across the board fade at Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson. I really don't want no part. Dante Moncrief, I think, is only interesting to start, despite the fact that it is Denver D. Is that he's just one percent owned and it's sort of like you know Andrew Luck has definitely been a lot worse than Aaron Rodgers has this year. But you could take a share of either of those guys, and you're the only one. If for mm-hmm. some reason Denver has a bad game, which they haven't really had defensively all season long, so. Um, yeah. So. Now let me let me ask you a quick question because this is kind of where I've been struggling looking at the wide receiver ownership so far this week. Yeah. Do you kind of feel like the public got pretty smart this week, and all the guys who you were really looking at are all the guys that are highly owned? Yes. Because my my list is basically the the top you know, ten. The top, yeah, like mm-hmm. that. You know, and which is tough because 
you usually say, okay, well, if everybody else loves this guy and I love these two guys the same, maybe I'll lean towards this guy or that guy. But Which is why kinda, in my GPPs I'm more interested in Diggs because he's lower owned and he's still cheap, and I'm more interested in taking a shot at Randall Cobb or James Jones mm-hmm. because everybody's off Aaron Rodgers after the bad week. You know, and Carolina, you know, they played great defense for three quarters and then got scored on in the last two quarters by Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck has been playing terrible uh, mm-hmm. this season. So, um, you know, Martavis Bryant is, is, I think, is a good swerve uh, off of Antonio Brown because he's going to be the, yeah. the higher own guy. And then, like, for those of you who have the appropriate amount of stock in um, of Pepto-Bismol in their, in their cabinet... I actually like a share of Doriel Green Beckham this week. Uh, hopefully he can do something to get onto the field. He, to me, profiles in the same manner as, um, what do you call it? Um, who am I thinking of? Martavis Bryant. Yeah, speed size guy, okay. good red zone threat. Has all the talent that, that's, um, you know, that tells you that he should be on the field. He's, you know, to me, a better uh, talent than Justin Hunter. Um, you know, uh, better over physical presence than Kendall Wright, but those guys are the more pal- polished, you know, wide receivers who or the guys who actually have more experience. But to me, in my mind, they shouldn't really be playing over Doriel Beckham Green. So if you want to throw a home run flyer out, there's my guy that's currently listed at at point six percent. Yeah, and isn't um isn't Kendall Wright out this week too? Kendall, I know he was, which hurt. is why I mentioned him. Harry Douglas yeah. is sort of like the like the PPP safer play. I guess who's going to sort of fill in that spot and, you know, he's supposed to get a bunch of work in the slot. Um, but the way I look at this here is um, you, you want to hit the home run upside. I don't know if Harry Douglas really has that overall. I think Doyle Green Beckham yeah, could be like, so. yeah, it could be like four catches for, you know, 46 yards, but, you know, two, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Or something yeah, he like could that. put up like a Malcolm Floyd line from last week. Right, or Martavis Bryant, just eat up in the end zone and really don't have to and let, you know, Antonio Brown and, um, Heath Miller do all the rest of the damage in terms of just like you know uh, targets and, and and catches from the, from the other knee stuff. So that's sort of how uh, I look at that overall. All right, we're going to move on from uh, wide receivers onto running backs. Uh, but Benny, before we do that, we got to let you know that if you beloved pod listeners have not subscribed to RotoWire.com yet, now is the absolute time to do so. You're sitting here, you're in week nine, you're trying to get down the optimal lineups here for your uh, NBA and for your NFL DFS. Well, the and uh, Rotowire has a free 10-day trial going on right now. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com/pod and you get free access to the NFL optimizer, the NBA optimizer, the NHL optimizer, college football and a soccer optimizer, and not only that, but as an example for NFL, they give you optimized lineups for FanDuel, DraftKings, Fantasy Aces, Draft Day, Draftster, Yahoo and Fantasy Score. You can use RotoWire's projections or you can use Pro Football Focus projections there as well, which is super awesome. And then you can also take a, go back and um, look at the weekly projections and the weekly rankings and uh, along with the value report all built inside this one optimizer, which is where we get a lot of our information that we're bringing to you on this podcast. If you want the direct access for yourself and help you set the best lineups possible, boom, all you do is log on to rotowire.com slash pod, get your 10-day free trial and subscribe and enjoy the fantasy goodness and tell them that Josh and Benny sent you. All right, running back position now, Benny. Let's go ahead and kick this um, off. Uh, and let's talk about Devontae Freeman. Let's talk about D'Angelo Williams, Gurley, Ivory, Ingram. There's your top five. Devontae at 25.2, D'Angelo at 24. We sort of like predicted this uh, on, yeah, on, the, on the Friday show, on yesterday's show. 
that D'Angelo Williams and, and Freeman would be fairly heavily owned. And to me, cash only or, or cash, no, no credit, just cash. Am I, am I, am I right here? Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't even like D'Angelo Williams and cash. Um, you did, you know, Freeman. Yeah. Free, Freeman is definitely somebody who I am using in cash. Uh, I, I just, I think that, I think that Williams is, you know, I'm not using him in GPPs because I think other people are using him way too much. I would probably still use Freeman at 25% a little bit, but uh, I'm definitely going to be looking for another way other than D'Angelo Williams. Maybe that's going to be a mistake on my part. I know he had the really good first and second week when he took over for Le'Veon Bell, but um, I just, I I don't love him as much as other people do. Uh, Gurley being a little more expensive than Freeman, um, obviously this is the lowest ownership percentage you're getting on him. People consider him to be the almost unquestioned number one pick if you're doing a redraft right now. So, you know, getting him at only 14.4% this week is probably the best situation you've seen him in in a while. Uh, again, I'm a Jets fan. Chris Ivory at 12% is not a horrible play for me, uh, especially if Brandon Marshall's out. I think they're they're favored in this game. They're at home. I think they're going to be looking to keep it on the ground, so that does make some sense to me. Uh, I like Mark Ingram as well because there's no Kerry uh, Robinson there. So he's somebody that I would use. Those are guys that I'm considering for cash, Ivory, Ingram. Um, Deion Lewis is a little bit higher than I wanted to see him. But, again, I mean, you know, you, you look at the way that New England's been using him, he, he's he been kind of a stud. I actually kind of like McFadden again this week at 10%. I think I like him more than Doug Martin, who's at 11%. Uh, Jeremy Langford at 7.5%, definitely somebody in play. Ronnie Hillman, who you mentioned yesterday at 6%. Danny Woodhead, who I mentioned at 6%. I think those are the guys that you're going to look down to uh, in your tournaments trying to get that high upside guy who goes a little bit lower owned. Guys like Hillman, guys like Woodhead, um, maybe even a Jonathan Stewart this week or Lamar Miller. Those guys are all 4% or under. Um, LaShawn McCoy is another guy who's kind of interesting to me, especially now that we have the news that Harvin is definitely out and Watkins might be out as well. I think they could look to keep the ball on the ground in that game. Um, so those are pretty much the list of guys who I'm kind of keeping an eye on this week and guys who I think I'm going to be using in some of my lineups. All right, fair enough. I think that makes a lot of sense for me. The way I, I'm I'm sort of taking this here is uh, Gurley, I'm going to sort of fade for a little bit because I feel like you can get Mark Ingram at uh, 12.2% owned and so a little bit l- less owned and cheaper. Uh, for, for instance, just taking a you know a point of reference uh 6500 for Mark Ingram on DraftKings uh 6900 uh for Todd Gurley so you get a, not a huge discount but a nice discount um uh, nonetheless and then it's uh, definitely a, a lot more steep here on FanDuel for instance 9k for Gurley and 7700 for Mark Ingram on FanDuel so those are sort of like you know two guys who I think are projected for around the same value according to rotowire and pro football pro football focus and still are in um like good shape for your lineups and you know you can take the the, the cost savings and apply that, that elsewhere throughout your lineups now sliding here down you you mentioned some of the guys um that, that you're sort of interested in you know uh, danny woodhead ronnie hillman to me i i think i'll have some shares at six to six point two percent now how far down the page can 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 we go um it is is my question to you i don't really think i can go um too much farther than jeremy langford um as far as you know somebody that that gives me some level of interest what about you are 
can Antonio Andrews crack your lineup at 1.2% as after being named like the workhorse back? Or can you make a case for um, Adrian Peterson, who's like probably actually contrarian because he hasn't produced that well and his price is still fairly high? What is your take on those two spots? Uh, for cash, I don't think I am going to go further down than maybe like Lankford. But for a GPP, I think that there's a couple of those guys who are interesting. I don't hate the Antonio Andrews situation at only 1% owned. Um, I do want to see him actually get the carries, the lion's share of them, like they're saying he's going to. But again, if you're early on him for a tournament, you could get him lower owned. You know, if he has a big game this week, you're not getting him at 1% again next week. So. If you you really like this kid and you think that, you know, this is a situation, I mean, he's been running really, really well beforehand. So for a tournament, I could see taking a flyer on him. Like I said, I like McCoy at at 2.6% owned. I, I am off of Peterson. If I'm going to pay up, I'm going to pay up for Devonta Freeman or Todd Gurley because, to me, they're just in better spots. They're running better. They have better offenses around them, better offensive philosophies. Um, so I wouldn't recommend paying up the price that you'd have to pay up for Adrian Peterson. If I'm taking a low-owned kind of puntish play for a, a tournament roster, it usually winds up being one of the cheaper guys. So, you know, a guy like an Andrews would be somebody who I would look at, maybe like a Woodhead, maybe like a Ronnie Hillman. You know, guys that are a little bit cheaper and lower-owned is usually the way I go if I decide that I'm going to go with, a you know, a, a puntish type play. Yeah, okay. All right. Fair enough. Just wanted to sort of present some potential swerves because of the low ownership and, you know, the the weird spot that Adrian Peterson is, is in as just not having a big enough price adjustment to fact, despite the fact that he hasn't really produced at that elite price level. So um, wanted to just sort of be cognizant of that. All right. I mean, yeah, my, my big thing there is like if you're going to look at a guy at that price range, you're going to probably need either 100 yards and multiple and or multiple touchdowns out of him. And I just – I don't have the faith in Adrian Peterson doing that right now. He could get me 100 yards and a touchdown, but that's not really going to pay off value. I'd rather take a guy like Freeman, who I feel could have multiple touchdowns this week um, and could get me a really big number if I was going to go up there and pay top dollar for somebody. All right. Fair enough. Okay, so let's go ahead and slip flip over to the tight end position here. Interesting to me, or is it interesting to you, that Ben Watson shows up 17% owned over Rob Gronkowski here at 13.8? My guess is, and i got to double check on what his price is here. I'm looking for it right now. Um, my guess is that that has a lot more to do with price than anything else. Yeah, like, well, not really. I mean, Watson's 57, so it's not like he's cheap, cheap, cheap. Um, you know, might have to do with the fact that I think a lot of people are using Watson as their handcuff with Drew Brees. I think that has a lot to do with it. And it also has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, Gronk is so highly priced that he does create roster construction issues. If you try to put him and Brady together, that's a whole lot of money that you're spending on two positions. You're basically forcing yourself at that point to go cheap everywhere else if you decide to use the top price quarterback and a top price tight end and link them together. So I think that has a lot more to do with it. Um, I don't think Watson deserves to be 17% owned, which is kind of the gist of the question. So to me, he's definitely a fade in cash and tournaments for me. I wouldn't be using him in either place. I'm I'm a little nervous about Antonio Gates, who's third on that list behind those two guys as well. I know that you know Green is probably not going to be out, but 
I mean, what did Gates do last week? He had a couple catches, and then didn't he get hurt again and come out? So, you know, a sprained MCL is no joke. Most of the time, guys are out two or three weeks for that. And this would basically be the third week for him because last week was the second, and most people didn't expect him to play there. So there's always a chance that he can go out there and re-injure himself. And at 11%, I don't think I'm willing to take that chance. Um, There are guys below him, though, that we talked about the other day that I think are perfectly viable options to take here. Jordan Reed at 5%, again, a little bit risky because New England tries to take away your favorite toy, and he is easily, um, you know, Kirk Cousins' favorite toy. But you can get uh, Heath Miller at 5%. You can get, you know, even Martellus Bennett, who, you know, again, is not really a guy I love. But at 3%, I think I'd rather have him than Ben Watson with the price not being that much different. Uh, Jacob Tammy had a big game last week. Don't think it really sets up well for him, though. Delaney Walker at 2%. Uh, Charles Clay, who I absolutely love at 2%, to me, is it's just a steal. And then if you get Austin Safari and Jenkins in there playing at 1%, I would rather have guys like Jenkins or Clay or even a Walker than go and take a guy like Ben Watson at 17% in cash or tournaments, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for you overall. There's This is the first week, too, where you don't feel like like you, you're you're at a serious disadvantage um, if you don't roster Gronk in cash, in my mind. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Ben Watson has been uh, good. We know Greg, Greg Olson has been in the mix there. It's just a little bit disappointing that, like, if you played a Thursday GPP and didn't play Eifert, you're, like, well behind the eight ball, you yeah. know? So I'm sort of glad well, that the, I, I held off good, on that. But The good thing is if you, if you played in, like, 50-50s or cash games, he was only, like, 3% owned in the GPPs this week. Right. So if you played in a 50-50 or if you played in a cash game and you faded him like I did mm-hmm. – your week's not over. It's not like you're like, all right, I don't even got to bother adjusting that team or taking a look at that team. Like, you sh- you could still be perfectly fine in the 50-50s. 3% ownership on a guy. You know what? Great. The guys that had him, yeah, you're most likely going to catch this week. Congratulations. You can go into the weekend knowing that you got some money coming back to you most likely. Right. But I don't think it's so highly owned that you really got to kind of worry about, like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose all the money I put out there on Thursday night already. Yeah, I agree with you. This is the um, the last thing I will say about uh, the tight end position here. Um, if you haven't been paying attention to, and some of those people who think or Denver Bronco fans, or you think that like uh, Vernon Davis is going to be somebody you should you know take a flyer on, this week isn't the week. I see him pop up at three point three percent owned. Um, the news information that has come out across from him is saying that Vernon Davis might not be able to make a significant impact for a number for a couple weeks. There, that's enough for me to just say. First guy in the week of offense, you know how how complicated things can get with Peyton Manning and what he tries to do. So I don't think they're really going to roll him out, and there's not a big need for them to roll him out um, into the offense because they already have enough weapons until he feels uh, supremely comfortable. So I'm on the the fade Vernon Davis train for week nine. Are, are you with yeah, me? And it, yeah, and if you're playing on DraftKings, they actually already sent out the email, and they have the reminder on top of – any of the games that you click on that he's not going to be accruing points right. because he was traded midweek. So don't even bother using him on DraftKings. He is still in the player pool. You can click on his name and put him in your roster. But even if, you know, by the grace of God, he comes out and catches five touchdown passes this weekend, right. you're not going to get points for it. So make sure you don't have him in your roster on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I'm not sure if that's the same case. I think you actually do still get the points for him. I think they, they transferred him over. But don't go on my word. Make sure you find out about that if you wanted to use them. But again, there are so many better options that he's not even on my radar right now. Right. And I wish FanDuel, I'm sorry, uh, DraftKings would fix that because you have plenty of time for them to like 
figure the whole situation out. I don't know what it is with the software that just says no. Yeah, I think uh, it know. has it has something to do with the stat provider. Okay. Um, I I remember them mentioning it this because somebody asked this question when another situation right. like this happened in the preseason, and somebody asked why they couldn't, right. and um, you know, like one of the reps threw something out on Twitter about like it has to do with the way the stat provider provides the stats to them, or so. I I, I mean, I there's a whole technical reason behind it. But I just wanted to make sure if anybody is out there and they were considering using them, I want to make sure everybody knows because, you know, if you use Vernon Davis on DraftKings, I don't want you coming back here and, you know, yelling at Josh and I because we're, we're one of the few people who are trying to save you from, you know, getting a big fat zero on your roster for no reason. Right, and we're saying that we don't even like him for game flow or, you know. Yeah, the, the, I, there's so, no reason. There's right. just no reason he should be in your roster. This right, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, on any site, not just DraftKings because of the issue. So there's yeah. there's your full disclaimer we tried to give you the public service announcement. Do with that uh, what you will. Yeah, fine. Don't listen to us. What do I know? <laughs> so we just work here, okay? Yep. Just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> exactly. All right. Before we move on to the defense position, uh, we want to let you know that if you've been staring at your weekly fantasy opponent and thinking to yourself, I would love to challenge just one of his players but not his entire team, but your fantasy sports service doesn't allow you to, well, now you can with the all-new No Halftime app. The No Halftime app allows you to create individual challenges using players or teams. For example, you can pit ODB versus Megatron, LeBron versus Mello, Trout versus A-Rod, and more. Creating a challenge takes seconds, and accepting the challenges are even easier. No Halftime challenges can be private or public and created for the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college football, college basketball, and other sports. Join today and get started. Real money and fantasy supremacy awaits you. Visit NoHalftime.com for more information and to download the No Halftime app on your iPhone and Android device. Receive a bonus by entering the promo code ROTOWIRE at sign up. No Halftime where the fantasy sports season never takes a break. All right. Our break is over. We're back. We're talking defense. We're talking ownership percentages here. Um, I'm a little bit curious and surprised that uh, the Patriots, and I know it's a great matchup, um, are uh, ranked above the Falcons, and they're that much, and and that Denver, which we know is a lock stock number one defense last season and this season, is that much higher owned over Atlanta. We know we're, you and I we're we're ready to, um, you know, burn Blaine Gabbard at the stake. Basically, Benny, and I think for good reason. Um, what do you, what's what's your take on these top three defenses, and and knowing what we know about the ownership percentages? I'm not using the Patriots at all. I think that they'll get a lead. I think they'll force Washington to pass, and I think that Kirk Cousins could actually throw a couple touchdowns against them. Um, so I'm not using the Patriots at all because the Broncos and the Falcons to me are just clearly head and shoulders the, the two best plays. Now, you know I do love the Broncos' defense, and I really hate Blaine Gabbard, so I do love the Falcons this week as well. I'm probably going to use the Broncos in cash because I feel more comfortable with them than I do with the Falcons. Um, not Like I said, not that I think Blaine Gabbard's all that great. I just really don't think the Falcons' defense is all that great. So I'm probably a little more on the Broncos for cash. But for tournaments, I have absolutely no problem rolling out the Falcons at 10% owned. I hate Blaine Gabbard. I hate that entire San Francisco offense. I have no idea how they're going to move the ball. To me, it's like a, a JV team playing the varsity, and you know that that's just never a good sign. So even though the Falcons' defense is not a lockdown, shut them down, number one kind of defense in the league, they are a defense of professional football players playing against a 
group of guys who, for all intents and purposes, were practice squad players for San Francisco. So I think you can definitely roll the Falcons out there in a tournament. I love that. You know, again, the Broncos at 18%. Yes, it's very highly owned, but they've been good enough to kind of pay it off most of the season. So I don't see a reason why you got to go away from them. And then, like I said the other day when we did the video, I do like the Giants a little bit, who are 2% owned, going up against uh, Jameis Winston, who's going to be at the very least without Vincent Jackson. If the Giants can get a lead in that game and force Winston to throw, you know, Tampa Bay's been trying to protect them. If the Giants can make them throw, I think they can turn them over, and I think they could have a big game in that situation. All right, makes some sense for, for me uh, there as well. And if we just take a look at uh, the, the, the top options for me. I don't think I'll have too many swerves. We talked about them on Friday, and the ownership percentage isn't changing anything for me. Actually, what it's probably doing is encouraging me to play the Falcons more and to feel okay about them in uh, GPPs because – they're not, you know, like close to the 20% range. I think they'll be, you know, above 10, but not too far above 10 for for me to to get to get off of that. I, I will mix it up with my my share of the Eagles against Matt King in the castle. Um, and, but aside that, I don't think I really want to do too much else other than these top options that you just previously mentioned. All right, that is going to wrap it up for our ownership percentage and GPV portion. We're going to quickly cover the latest NFL practice reports and player news before we head on uh, to NBA. So. Um, Darius Green has uh, was remained sidelined at Friday's practice. So um, Antonio Gates was also limited. He's trying to play through an MCL sprain. Both of these things tell me that we you need your shares of your Antonio Gates. Uh, I know Benny loves um, Danny Woodhead uh, there mm-hmm. as well. Um, did I say in shares of Antonio Gates? I meant to say shares of Stevie Johnson and Malcolm Floyd. If you prefer one of the two, we've made our case for who we like. Um, in Woodhead and Stevie, uh, but you know, there's your information uh, that you have. Um, Ver- we 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 talked about all the hateration on Vernon Davis. Gary Kubiak has confirmed that Vernon Davis will be active. That's no surprise uh, to me personally, but doesn't mean that he'll have any sort of a role in the offense, or if he, even if he sees the field, it's just you know doing what he, they should do, which is say, hey, this guy's a potential threat that you might need a game plan plan for, but doesn't mean he uh, is actually going to get. Uh, some actual run on offense. Now, here's a, por- a piece of news that I found uh, fairly interesting that just came across the, the wire. Ronnie Hillman popped up on the injury report with a thigh injury on Thursday and is listed as questionable. Um, did, did get back on the on the field on Friday, but um, apparently not didn't look well enough for the Broncos to list him as probable. So if he doesn't get the full go on Sunday, I'm going to be C.J. Anderson will be like you mentioned earlier a nice little swerve if he can get. Um, you know, the full complement of carries, and they end up rolling Ronnie Hillman out. So that's something to keep tabs on. Uh, Stefan Dix was listed as probable week nine. So everybody who sort of got worried a little bit uh, about him and his uh, uh, availability, looks like he's ready to rock. Um, Matt Forte, who's quote-unquote day-to-day, according to John Fox, and that clown business, um, did not participate in practice Friday. So everything you basically need to know about Jeremy Langford being ready to rock in that spot. Um, and uh, some quick um, pieces of news. Ruben ha- Randall still on the injury report, listed as questionable with a hamstring, um, but he uh, has played every single week that he's been listed on the on the on the, the injury report, but has not been very effective. So all the more reason for you to you know shift your your, your focus and your uh, information, your your lineups towards ODB if you end up wanting to use um, any of the Giants. Uh, in those lineups. So that's the latest injury news. Oh, by the way, Des Bryant listed as pros- uh, as probable was limited in all the practices this week. But, you know, this looks like the week he's actually going to see the field. Um, really quickly, 
I'm still saying cross cross uh, cross site cross board cross the world fade on Dez until he shows me something. You you with me there? Yeah, I'm not playing Dez not anytime soon, and at, at the very least, not till Romo's back. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Marcus Mariota officially named Week Nine starter at New Orleans, so that's the last piece of news that should you know for, for those of the people who want to take your shots at like the Doral being Green Beckham's or Harry Douglas's, like we mentioned as as some lo- some lottery tickets. Uh, there's your information there for you to move on, move forward if, if that's what you would prefer to do. All right, Benny, it's NBA time. It's time for us to bounce the basketball with the Saturday slate for DFS. So um, are you ready? You got your information. Let's do it. I do. All right, so let's go ahead and kick it off like we always do at the point guard position. There are top options on the slate for Saturday. What do we got, nine games on slate, today, uh, on slate for Saturday? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Is it nine or ten? I thought there was ten. Um, I thought Friday was 10. Um, oh, okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking. I don't know, man. I do so much writing for NBA. It, it all blends together. You're like, point. we got 32 games on the slate. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I, 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 do, I do count n- uh, nine games. So um, point guard position, we got some, some, some good options, some good value plays. Give me what you got. Okay, um, well, starting right at the top for the point guards, I mean, I think Steph Curry is – going to be in play in this situation sacramento's a team that plays at a high pace so this is probably going to be a very high total game when the total does come out for it so i think he is definitely somebody that you got to take a look at you know the way he's been playing lately you can't really argue with him now there are a couple guys you know that i think are interesting in the mid-tier as well you got uh, a guy like darren williams whose price has been pretty cheap over on DraftKings. he's in like the 555 kind of range and he's starting to play a little bit better. He's playing 30 minutes or plus a game right now, uh, putting up like 27 to 30 fantasy points. So I think that he's somebody that's okay. I do hate that Dallas team this year. I don't think they're very good at all. They've been getting their, uh, you know, basically been getting their butts kicked in most of their games. The only team that I think they beat so far this year has been the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and they beat Phoenix on opening night as well. But, uh, you know, they lost to the Clippers. They lost to Toronto. They lost to Charlotte, all by double-digit points. So... You know, again, I'm not really in love with it. They Their whole roster over there is just kind of a mess. I don't think they put it together very well. I do like Alfred Payton as well in this game. Um, he's got a pretty good matchup here. He uh, goes up against Philly. Philly has been giving up a decent amount of points to the point guard. Uh, so Payton has been somebody who he's pretty cheap. He's only 6,300, I think he was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's put up, you know, close to like 25 30 points in a lot of these games he's playing about 30 minutes you know they have gotten their butts kicked a couple times lately as well in orlando um but i think he's a decent mid-tier option and then if i'm going down for a cheap guy um tj mcconnell is really interesting to me for uh for philly um he's had a dozen assists in the last two games playing close to 30 minutes over the last couple games here you know he doesn't do a ton in the scoring department but he's been rebounding really well for a guard he's been getting like i said 12 assists in the last two games and his price is right around he, he's actually jumped he was three thousand min price went to 33 i think he's up to four thousand uh on friday on DraftKings. so i'm assuming you'll probably see his price stay in that four thousand dollar range again mm-hmm. um so he's somebody else though that if you're looking for a cheap guy he's the guy that i would come down to towards the bottom all right, very interesting. Um, I'm with you. I love McConnell as as a play. Kemba Walker um, has been uh, basically cashing value here. Hasn't been setting the world on fire, uh, but you know, actually saw a little bit of a, of a price drop. 
uh, for whatever reason. But I, he's doing a little bit of everything, and you, this is sort of the value that you like on DraftKings. 14 points, dropped to three, two rebounds, seven assists, uh, and a steal. So um, he's sitting there right now around like you know 30 to uh, low, um, 30 to mid 30s in, in terms of fantasy points. So if he gets in, um, in a situation uh, with the, the San Antonio Spurs where he may need to be forced to score more. Like we always talked about, San Antonio Spurs, great defensive team, but the, the place you can actually attack them is the point guard position. So Kemba mm. Walker is somebody I'm, I might make a potential case for. We also got to talk about um, what uh, the Bucks have been doing because Michael Carter-Williams has been injured. They have been rolling Bayless. And um, who am I thinking about? Uh, that's is it, it's, yeah, isn't it Ennis or something like that? Tyler Ennis. Today? Yeah, yeah, Tyler Ennis. Okay, so I don't that, know. That's GPP only for me. I would have yeah. been in if it was Bayless still in the lineup, but if they're going to move things around and give Tyler Ennis the, um, the minutes, not I don't trust him enough to 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 really put him in a, in a good share of lineups. If it is Bayless though, Bayless fits into me like in Evan Fournier territory and Marcus Thornton, where a guy who's a veteran who has um, played well in good spots where you've seen him get 30 plus minutes and I want him in my lineup. So that that's the way that I, that I'm approaching. Yeah. My, my biggest problem with that whole situation is the coaching, because you know, that Jason Kidd is the kind of guy who will give everybody like 20 minutes, you know, and, and nobody will really have huge upside. You know, the thing about guys being injured that, that we like is when you know that there's a direct guy who they're going to put in there who normally plays 15, 18 minutes a game that's now going to get 30 minutes a game or 32 mm-hmm. minutes a game. Yeah. I could see him just like doing all kinds of crazy stuff, maybe even letting like Giannis play the point for a little or something. You know what I, I just, I, you know, you never know what, what Jason Kidd's going to do. Right. So it just, it, it makes it so hard for me. But again, those guys are, are near mid price. I, I agree with you. If I knew Bayless was going to get, 27 28 minutes i could roll him out there at a low price i i gotta see on ennis though i mean i don't know it's to me it's just a a, a complete punt kind of flyer yeah. that you never know how it's going to work out right so you know what i think you can still take a flyer on bayless and gpps i don't know they've announced today that J- that jason Kidd's going to bring him back off the bench and start ennis i don't get it i don't understand why I mean, well, actually maybe i do understand why because it's related to the fact that they've been losing all these games so he's trying to find mm. the find the right mix but uh, you know, on the upside portion of that, um, you know, Bayless plays 46 minutes, um, which I'm assuming was an overtime game against Brooklyn, and goes for 26 with six trays, three rebounds, two assists, and you know, and that's the 34.75 fantasy points at 3,200. So he crushed that value. But then he plays 30 minutes the next game and just comes up with five points, four rebounds, and three assists too. So yeah. that's was why we're talking about him as a GPP play and not a lock and stock cash play. Um, in, in these lineups. I want to get to a quick, quick Twitter question because I told this guy I would answer it on the show because it's, I think it's interesting and people are sort of wondering about this. This comes in from uh, uh, at young Brandon Paul, and he says, you know, you seem to make Curry an autoplay, but how will you see um, the, how, how will you see the fourth quarter of a back-to-back game against a crappy team? I'll say a paraphrase. Um, right. This is the the, the uh, you know sort of question that people have about the Warriors just running people out of the gym. Um, this mm-hmm. week, and we sort of talked about this, I think, on a previous show, um, but we can sort of revisit this because when you you're going to be heavily invested in Curry if you're spending this spending top dollar, and it is a concern, especially when you see them playing Sacramento, um, which, you know, which you know just got blown out um, by Phoenix on the road two days ago. So, how what, what are your thoughts here? Well, here's my thought: the first half of the back to back on Friday night, mm-hmm. they're an 18 point favorite. So there's, you know, basically your trigger for whether or not you really want to roll him Saturday 
is going to be, does he play the fourth quarter on Friday? Mm -hmm. Because if that game turns out to be a close game where they got to be in there with the starters for 30, 35 minutes, Mm -hmm. then yeah, there is a good chance that they could be up a decent amount of points on Saturday and he winds up getting pulled early. But if they have a laugher of a game on Friday night where, you know, him and or Clay Thompson goes off for like 30 points in the third quarter like the two of them have been doing, you know, taking turns doing over the over the course of the last year or so, and they do sit and have a, you know, a little bit of rest on Friday night, then I have no problem rolling him out there. You know, we had talked before about when you get a big spread, you know, whether or not there's a, you know, merit to fading the guy or using the guy, and... I think that the spread that you're going to see on Friday is going to be the bigger than the spread you're going to see on Saturday when they go up against Sacramento on the back end of the of the back-to-back. So I'm considering him somebody who probably has more of a chance to play bigger minutes on Saturday than he does on Friday. But a point that you always like making is if you're taking the guy who's playing on the team that has the lead, who should be the guy who's getting, you know, whose team is winning, in order for them to be winning by 20, he's going to have to go off or somebody on that team's going to have to go off to put mm-hmm. them up 20. And there's nothing that says that Steph can't get to his 50 points in the third quarter. Hell, he could have 50 points in the third quarter, period, right. the way that this guy shoots and plays. Yeah, so. th- that's my exact point, and I'm not backing down from this either. So I don't really care too much. I'm not, you should actually sort of be encouraged by the fact that the line is like this. This is what I'm saying, okay? Because no matter what, he's coming out for the third quarter. Okay, no matter what the score is. All right, and he, he, take a look at his game log. 35 minutes, 27 minutes, 35, 28, 32. So he only hit 35 minutes two out of the five games so far this season, and he scored no less than 46.25 fantasy points on DraftKings. I'm, I'll, are you going to be happy if you get your 46? I think that you are. If, you're in a, if that's the floor. I'm telling you right now that's the floor. For, for Steph Curry. So this is what I'm saying and why I have a little concern because if a team gets housed, then there's a very good chance that Steph Curry did a lot of the damage. So um, th- that's the way that I'm approaching Is there some bust opportunity? Yes, but there's also opportunity for me, for Steph Curry to just have his way with a bad defensive team, and that's Sacramento. And so this is why we make the case for playing him over and over as, you know, I, you, the the. the the uh, Twitter, um, you know, question from Brandon said you, you make him seem to as an autoplay. In uh, the way I refer that refer to that is he's probably safer than anybody in the NBA right now for forty five plus fantasy points. All right, mm-hmm. you're gonna pay top ball, dollar, dollar for that. So that's why that's where you know. Would you like forty five fantasy points? Are you okay paying ten k? Then that's why he becomes an autoplay. If you feel like you can come up with a better roster construction and leave Steph Curry out, or you have concerns about that. I'm fine with that too. I, you can make the case there. For me personally, I think that you know I'm going to say I I have I have 46 point uh, a 46 point floor with Steph Curry with 80 something point upside, 60 point upside. That's why I he's in can't fade territory for me personally. Are you with mm-hmm. me here? Yeah, I mean he's. You know, last year, if you guys remember, when Russell Westbrook was going on his run, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter what the price was. You put him in there every day. Right. Steph Curry's on one of those kind of runs, guys. I mean, he is just splashing in jump shots from all over the floor. Mm -hmm. They're playing fast. They're pushing the pace. He's picking up the assist. He's getting some steals. He's even grabbing a couple rebounds for you. I mean, this guy is the reigning MVP in the league for a reason. It's not like we're talking about some scrub as an autoplay here. Yeah. Like, he is in that upper echelon 
you know, along with those other guys that we talk about. Now, for a GPP, if you wanted to do something different, I'm perfectly fine with that. But like you said, if you're going to give me 45 points and I could be comfortable knowing that your floor is in the 40s uh-huh. with a ceiling that, I mean, what do you have the other day, 83 or something like that? Yeah, I will pay $10,000 for a guaranteed 40, 45 points with the upside of 75 or 80. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So this is the way I'm, I'm approaching this. Um, uh, use Steph Curry, and if and you know what it is, we have a, we have twenty um, what eighteen teams on the slate there, and we've you've got guys like um, you know Harden and Jimmy Butler and other options. That, you know he doesn't have to be the only play. To me, he's just my my preferred play because he's in he's in the zone. This is what we're trying to tell you. Okay, mm-hmm. shooting guard position here, top cash in GPP. What do you got for me? I actually am not, and this is another reason why I like Steph, is I'm not a huge fan of James Harden going up against the Clippers in this matchup here. I actually have been looking down a little bit on this list. Um, There are a couple guys that are cheap that I wanted to talk about because I've been going cheap at the shooting guard position here. You got guys like... still advocate that as well. Yes. Yeah, you got guys like Marcus Thornton. Uh You got guys like Ken Bazemore, although I think Corver might be coming back, so that might, you know, that might kind of tick down Bazemore a little bit. Um, Even going down to a guy like Nick Stauskas, like, these guys are so cheap and they're playing big minutes and producing big numbers. You can't have a stud at every position when when you're filling out a roster. So to me... I don't love Harden, who's the one guy that I'm usually willing to pay up for. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be going down again, probably, as long as Thornton's getting the time and Stauskas is getting the time. You know, if if Korver's out and you know Bazemore's going to get the time, I'm looking at guys down in that really, really cheap range at the shooting guard position today. Yeah, you is know, that- I'm with you for 100%. Sorry to cut you off. I want, and I want to make, no. a, make a point here. The second game, back-to-back, road back-to-back for James Harden. And uh, I was listening to Jeff, to Jeff Manns on Sirius, and he just pointed out something that I probably haven't been paying enough attention to in DFS, but I think is an actual great point, is you should probably go out of your way whenever possible to play um, players at home versus on the road. You know, you know, and you, Benny, you know this as a as a basketball coach. You get you get those extra calls, and you're the home team, and the and there's there's stats and reports and um, articles that have been published across various fantasy sites um, that 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 speak to this. That you know, you get a decided advantage at the free throw line, um, and you know, you just you're just more comfortable at home. And so uh, you have some big studs like Clay Thompson uh, on the road um, at SAC and James Harden, uh, who's playing the back the back to back. And you gave us our quick disclaimer about. You know Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is 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 right now in the zone matchup proof. But when you talk about some other guys who you you, you sort of break some ties with, let's say that you're between you know Victor Oladipo and and Bradley Beal, for instance, and you know Victor Oladipo is at home, but Bradley Beal um, is going on the road, and they have a, a similar point projection there on Rotowire. I'll break a tie with a home guy at this spot. Does that make some sense to you? Yeah, it, it makes sense. I mean, another thing too. You're used to shooting in the gym that you're in. You know, every gym is different. And as a as a former shooter, you know that there are certain spots that you like. There are certain rims that you like. There, You know, if you put me in the gym that I've shot 2,000 jump shots, you know, a weekend for, you know, 20 years of my life when I was a basketball player, I'm going to feel more comfortable shooting in that gym than I am on the road, you know, in a gym that I've never been in. You just know how... how you know where your spots on the floor are. You know how the rim is. You know how hard or how high you have to put it up there to get the kind of roll that you want. So there's a mental aspect for it too, especially for guys that are 
you know, that are shooters, which a lot of the shooting guards are, and that's how they get a lot of their points. So I definitely think there's some merit for it in, in that situation. All right, I'm I'm with you 110. Uh, percent So let, let's go ahead and, and and move off of here. We've talked about James Harden, Clay Thompson on um, you know, coming off the off the back to back at sack. We do, but I want to just quickly remember Clay Thompson's probably got some like, you know, historical no- nostalgia after he had that like one of the greatest third quarters of all time against the Sacramento Kings. Oh yeah, uh, I yeah. wish he was getting Ben McLemore defense again in this one. I'd roll him out there. He might. You don't know. That's but it. not for not for the not for the entire third quarter when he's in the middle of an absolute heater. Yeah. Um you know they're gonna they'll switch it up this time. They got a couple more options they can throw at him. That, that is true. All right, so um Jimmy Butler to me is the the one player at the at the shooting guard eligible position on DraftKings who is um g- going into crush mode. As of late, back to back twenty six and four, uh, twenty six and with four trays, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, and two blocks. I would like to see him do a little bit more of what he did, like you know, four games ago when he went for twenty three and eleven, uh, for forty four points. But regardless of that, he does a little bit of everything in the category, and he's the one guy who's pr- putting up consistent fantasy projection that you can trust in Chicago. So um, that's my general feeling on Jimmy Butler. Uh, are you good with him? I, and I think it's a plus-plus matchup against Minnesota as well. Um, yeah, if I if I was paying up for any shooting guard this week, he would be uh, he would definitely be the guy that that I was paying up for. Right, and so when and if you're not paying up, like we said, we already gave you some of your t- your top options that you know. I, I'm with you on Stauskas. I'm with you on uh, Evan Fournier. Um, do we we don't have? I guess we do not have Portland on the schedule today because CJ McCollum did CJ McCollum things. Once again, yeah, he was back to he was back to the guy from game one last night. Yeah, and uh, so was uh, Damian Lillard, I think, who ended up hitting seven trays. When we've talked about him on different sides, so we I think we've uh, adequately covered the shooting guard position there as well. Let's slide over to small forward here. What do you got for cash and GPP? Um, well, depending on what site you're playing on, I'm just going to reiterate your Evan Fournier call. Where at, yes. Whatever site you're playing on, if he's a shooting guard, if he's a small forward, until his price comes up. His price jumped up, I think, to 52 on DraftKings today. I didn't get a chance to look at uh, at FanDuel to see where he is today. But even at that price, I mean, this guy has been playing 40-plus minutes, taking 20-plus shots, putting up 40 40- Five plus fantasy points on DraftKings. He's been you know. unconscious, yeah. Yeah, and and to me, you just have to roll him. So if he's a, a shooting guard on the site you're playing on, you roll him at shooting guard. If he's small forward, you roll him at small forward, and you know you don't look back, you don't think twice about it. It's just a very easy auto play for me. Um, somebody who I think is interesting in this situation. Uh, by the way, fifty five hundred on Fanduel for Friday's pricing. So yeah, that that's still fun. Yeah. like I said, he's putting up he's putting up thirty five to forty points at fifty five. He's still an auto play to me. That's still you're still getting basically seven eight times value off of what he's been doing lately. Mm-hmm. And there aren't a lot of guys you're going to find that are going to be able to give you that. Um, there aren't a lot of other cheap guys that I really love at the small forward position. So you're probably going to have to look to pay up a little bit at that at that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, guys who I've been looking at, I love Kawhi Leonard. He's been basically very, very good over the last couple games. The only problem is he's going to see a little bit of Nick Batum defense, and Batum's not a bad defender. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's really a plus matchup for him. Um, and on the flip side, I like Nick Batum as well, but he's going to see Kawhi Leonard defense, which is really not a plus matchup for him. Well, I, don't, so, I think we, well, we're going to actually have to see here because they have um, Batum in the lineup, but they also have what, P.J. Hairston, uh, who mm-hmm. I think is actually playing the three. 
So you might get a little bit of a benefit because if, if it's um, P.J. Hairston, I think that's definitely a better uh, spot for Kawhi Leonard than, than Nicholas Batum. I think Nick Batum right. has actually been playing more too um, uh, to start the season. So I, guess- I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, but if you're going to match up and you're trying to stop Leonard, you're going to put the better defender you should. on him. So you're you should. probably going to go. Yeah, I mean, I would see them putting Batum on him. You know, P.J. Hairston can match up with, uh, you know, Danny Green. As a matter of fact, I think they're both Carolina guys, aren't they? From back in the day, I think so. I'll, I'll yeah, so they yeah they probably played each other in practice already before anyway. So I could see Harrison and uh, and Danny Green kind of be in a better situation if I'm the coach. That's probably the way I'd do it because if you've been watching San Antonio, you know the Kawhi Leonard is really making that offense go. He's being a little more assertive with his offense on that side of the floor, and he's been looking pretty good. Batum has been known as a very good you know defensive player, so I would think that they would probably try to put the longer. Batum on him to try to slow him down and, you know, kind of make it a little bit tougher for him on that end of the floor. I really don't like a lot of these guys up top. I'm not going to play Rudy Gay against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Warriors' defensive efficiency is pretty good. Gordon Hayward is a little bit interesting to me against Memphis, uh, mostly because his price has come down. So I think he might be able to get your value, basically because he's getting cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, Giannis against Brooklyn Nets. I mean, the Nets are a, a horror show right now, but, uh, you know, Giannis hasn't exactly been putting up huge numbers, and, and he's more expensive. I mean, I'm looking through this list yesterday trying to write this stuff down. I basically have Fournier with a big, huge star next to his name as the guy that I'm definitely playing. Mm-hmm. And then the only other guy who I really kind of like is Gordon Hayward. And I almost feel bad. I feel dirty even saying that. But, you know, at his <laughs> price, I think he's the guy that can get you value. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. You know what? I'm, I'm and I would have if Rodney Hood wasn't playing Memphis. I think I would have gambled on him a little bit. You know, there as well as just like as a as a cheap forty five hundred play um, on DraftKings. But we just can't make. There's it is very bad. Bad. It's like and Evan Fournier and everybody else has a bad matchup. Yeah, or, or, you feel or like, just hasn't been making value. Or right. now, actually, you know, just a, a little side note tangent, which I know is usually your thing, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this. How bad is Memphis right now? Like, they, oh, God, they're horrible. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, normally when, you know, I think the same thing you do. You look at somebody playing against Memphis and you just skip right over them. Because right. for the longest time, that's been what we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been good on defense. They slow everything down. It's just not a place you want to target. But right. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I mean, you know, they're bad. They're, like, really, really bad right now. Uh, you know what? They started out slow last season, too. So, like, you know. Uh, maybe in DFS terms, all that means is like we don't have to go out of our way to fade them like we would be with you know plays like like uh, Utah for example or mm-hmm. Golden State on the other side too. Golden State's so sick in the fact that we can score one twenty and keep somebody under seventy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's so nasty it, right now. That, and and the thing is that people don't realize that, which is why I think it's a big deal mm-hmm. that people don't realize. They just look at the at the total and the total in the Golden State game is always two hundred ten, two hundred fifteen, and everyone just assumes, oh, it's going to be a high scoring game. Yeah, for Golden State it is, but not for whoever <laughs> they're playing. You know, the the teams that are going up against them. I mean, I think I saw a stat yesterday. What's their margin of victory right now? Like twenty one points. That's insane. insane for an NBA team through five games. That's insane. Like that is just. It's unheard of that to have that kind of stat so they're, they're definitely the real deal absolutely so let me um just throw one offer at, to you as a punt play and then we'll move on to power forward here um i'm taking a look at uh aaron gordon i think we mentioned this on the previous yep. show i just he, it's a good matchup against philly and i don't know how much run he's going to get it's really just going to come down to like how they use him uh if uh vucevic is out of the lineup if he you know 
is um, not starting, and then the, it's just all the Evan Fournier and Victor Oladipo, and like you mentioned, Alfred Payton would be a decent play there as too. So I won't be on Gordon unless he. I know that he has a shot at starters minutes. So we'll we'll see how that that ends up uh, rolling out. I think what they're actually going to do is is roll Dwayne Dedman at center, and then mm-hmm. but, but what that means to me is that's that that's your cue that you can sort of green light Aaron Gordon for GPPs because you know Dwayne Dedman's not going to play 30 minutes he's more likely to play something like 18 minutes and then you'll have like the 28 plus uh, minute upside that you can potentially get with Aaron Gordon and where you know in short work he was able to go for 19 and 8 with an assist and a block good for 31 points and paying off that $4,100 uh, price tag I was like what seven and a half times value there uh, um, uh, on on FanDuel for Aaron Gordon so very interesting that's that's a play that I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, looking to uh, target so let's go ahead and move on to power forward here um, Top options that we got, we got Brow on the slate. We got Kevin Love. Uh, your boy Learns Noel and Julius Randle are some 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 cheaper options here. Uh, what do you want to do for, for Saturday? I'm either paying all the way up or I'm going down to some of the cheapies. And I think Anthony Davis is in a good spot here. He has burned me all season long. Yep. But, I mean, Dallas has been really bad against Biggs. Mm-hmm. He's in a really, really good spot. Like, it's tough for me to say we should be playing him because he's been so bad, but I think that, you know, the spot is so good that this is this is the game that he's going to bounce back, and I feel like he should, and I feel like you're going to get him incredibly low-owned because everybody's so upset about him, but, you know, to me, he's he's the top option here. You actually had to go get a side job as, like, a volunteer firefighter because he's burned you so many times through the yeah. first week of the season, you know? I've I mean? already been to the burn unit twice here with... with <laughs> Really bad burns on my fingertips from putting him in my lineup. Yeah, and I don't really want to visit you in the hospital anymore. It's not very close to my house. So um, <laughs> I'm going to just say um, I, I, I see it. Okay, I see it. I'm fine with that. And, and, you've, and you're, you're, you're getting a coupon. That's for sure. Okay, I'm taking a look at the price. You know, to what, uh, 10, uh, 10, 7 down from, from 11, 2. Fine, fine, and fine. Okay, the, the issue that I have... Overall is, um, you know, Atlanta this is a fairly decent team in terms of defense. Uh, uh, they, they, and they don't play um, in uh, like normal spots where uh, they're paced up. Am I looking at the right game, by the way? No, I was just going to say they're playing Dallas because if they were playing Atlanta, I, I don't think I would have I was looking at there. the wrong game the moment I saw the over-under. And I was yeah, like, oh, Dallas, yeah, basketball monster, you guys, you, oh. <laughs> the Dow- they're playing Dallas, which is the, like I said, which is the big reason why. I want to roll him back out there because Dallas has been pretty bad trying to defend big guys. Fair. I'll, so I will, you know, come, there's come so down off of my off of my argument. Then, yeah, there are so many things that are pointing to him being a guy that you should yeah. be using in this game. And again, I understand, and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh God, he's doing this to me again with the Anthony Davis thing." But to me, he is probably the second guy that I would be looking to pay up for after Steph Curry on the slate. Um, I just think that this is the spot where, you know, if Anthony Davis is going to be the Anthony Davis that we think that he should be, you know, he can, he can basically redeem himself in this spot because if he doesn't, then I can't roll him out there anytime soon going forward because this is such a good matchup that if he, you know, basically underperforms here, then you know that there's bigger things going on. I mean, I know the team is horrible around him. He doesn't have a lot of talent. I know that that's a reason why, but. 
this is the matchup. If he can't do it in this matchup, then he can't do it until something else changes. Okay, I'm with you there. I'm actually going to give him one more shot as well, so I'm fine here. What I am going to do is recommend everybody take their discount on DraftKings for LaMarcus Aldridge and apply it on Saturday. That's my play. Okay, I like Anthony Davis, but I think it's safer because you get to, you're we're down in the low 7K range from LaMarcus Aldridge, which is just crazy. If you would have thought what you mean, like figured out that he was just consistently 9K plus on DraftKings all last season, and it's Charlotte, which we know has a rotating uh, powered forward spot of just you know any one of a lottery pick. You, you choose the lottery pick. And, you know, that's, that's who you're going to be playing at the power forward position. Some guy who is as under, uh, underperformed as a dud, um, as a, as a uh, lottery guy. So, yeah, I'm not scared of Marvin Williams, not scared of Frank Kaminsky, Cody Zeller, or, you know, Kwame Brown, or anybody else that Jordan wants to put out there. Um, so the, uh, that's my recommended play overall. I went with your play the other day in New Orleans Noel. He paid off the tag, but he wasn't... Um, you know, blowing anybody out of the water. Very nice performance at 37.5 for 7K. So I feel like you, you know, you got 5.3 times, which is fine. You, you know, five-ish five, mm-hmm. times for cash. We're good there, okay? We just didn't get, you know, you need him to go for a 20 ball in terms of scoring for him to really get there with all the rest of the rebounding and stuff. So that's, a, it's it's possible. Um, uh, but I don't, I would probably refer to just pay down a little bit for Marcus Aldridge in, in this range. Any other value plays that we need to single out before we move on to center? Yeah, there's a couple value plays I want to talk about. Um, you got Ryan Anderson in this matchup, again, going up against Dallas. I know it doesn't sound all that sexy, but his price is around 5000 And if you look at his game logs, he's been playing more minutes, putting up about 30 fantasy points a game. 30 fantasy points at 5000 is 6 points per 1000 That's exactly what you need for tournament-winning kind of stuff. So Ryan Anderson is in play for me. Marvin Williams has been going absolutely ham, and I know we talked about him the other day and I kind of said that he was one of the guys who I'm expecting to regress on the you know Monday NBA pod but he went out yesterday and looked great and made me feel pretty stupid for saying that I still don't believe that he's doing what he's doing but I can't knock him right now he put up almost four fantasy yesterday uh, I think his price is still well below all right he just made it up to 5,000 right now but still 40 he, he's here's his game logs 39 and a half 21 30, 36, 28 at $5,000, which is what he's up to now. So you're basically talking about six times value, seven times value, six times value, four times value, eight times value, and his five starts this year. That's pretty good upside for a guy that you're getting that cheap. So I think Marvin Williams is another guy you got to look at along with Ryan Anderson. And then the real cheap guy is a guy who we mentioned the other day. I asked you what you knew about him. We both kind of said we're going to take a wait and see. Dwight Powell has been playing 25 minutes a game and putting up 30 fantasy points and doing it at under $4,000. So Dwight Powell, the power forward for Dallas, again, you know, if he's going to be giving you seven, eight, nine times value, Mm -hmm. you got to consider the guy. You got to look at him because that's the kind of thing you need to win a GPP. You get a guy like that at 4,000, you can fit Steph Curry and Anthony Davis into a roster or if you prefer Harden or whoever the guys you want to pay up for are. If you can find a $4,000 guy that can get you 30 points, seven, seven and a half times value, you know, that's how you, that's how you win big tournaments. So I think that Dwight Powell is another guy that you at the very least have to consider here. Yeah. So here, just to back up your point on Powell before we move on to center, uh, first game, 6.6 times attack, 5.9, 7.9, 9.5 and 7.8 points 
uh, yep. versus the tag in 20-ish minutes of action there. So he's being quietly efficient and um, making the hay. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you there on pal. I've been a convert. So uh, I don't. I used to be concerned about why he's only getting 20 minutes. Now I'm not going to worry about it. I'll just roll him in my lineups and take the savings and uh, appreciate the uh, value he's going to return on that spot. All right, finally, let's put a bow on this here. Benny, center position, uh, top options that you got. I honestly don't feel like paying up at the center position. There's a couple guys in the mid-tier who I've been looking at that I kind of like. Um, Jahil Okafor is somebody who I've been rolling out there a lot. He's given me about 30 fantasy points a game for $6,000, which is, you know, five times value, pretty solid for a, you know, for a cash game. And the thing is, he's getting better. He's playing 34, 35 minutes. Um, so he's somebody that I definitely think you can look at. Al Jefferson had a monster game yesterday. I think he's starting to roll around. You know that I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he put up 44 fantasy points yesterday. His price is only 6700 You haven't been able to get this guy that cheap in a couple years, so he's somebody else that's out there. And then if I'm going all the way down to the bottom, a uh, guy that we mentioned yesterday as well, if Vucevic is still going to be out, you can get Dwayne Dedman for somewhere around like min price, $3,000. His price may come up a little bit, um, but probably not too much. And if he gives you 20 fantasy points, he's getting you value there. So if you need another one of those uh, punt-type options, I think he would be the guy that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, you also have Kufis, who's going to be in play if DeMarcus Cousins is still out, which it seems like he is. I believe they and, ruled him out for Friday and Saturday's games. So. Yeah, I thought they said he wasn't coming back till Monday. So you're probably going to be able to get him as well. So those are some of the guys who I'm looking at. I don't really want to pay up for, like, a DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think it's a great matchup for, uh, you know, like guys like Rudy Gobert. I, I haven't really paid up for Horford because he's not getting the minutes. I don't really love the situation for Towns in this one. So mm-hmm. to me, you're kind of looking at some of the guys I mentioned or you're kind of looking at, you know, punting a position altogether. All right, so here's my two I, – I, I'm with you for the most part on all your options. I just want to provide you with two alternatives, okay? Go ahead. Go bear uh, for cash is safe, okay? 7K flat on DraftKings for the most part. 7,300 to start the season, down to 7K. Um, here's the tag payoff, okay? 3.9, 5 on the dot, 5.1, 4, 5.2. So you're basically expected to get 5X, and he hasn't scored more than 9 points in any of the games. So you have the shot. Sol- yeah. Solid floor for 5X. Um, and he hasn't even broke double digits in scoring, which he will at some point, you know? Well, see, that's that's actually, that has been one of the concerns I've had with him is he's not looking to score. And mm-hmm. the other concern I have with him is, you know, as much as I think Memphis is underperforming this year, Gasol is still a very good defensive player. So it's yes. not like it's an easy matchup for him. Yeah, but you know what? That's just where um, Gobert doesn't, doesn't, like it doesn't matter personally, you know, because like he, he, all, he doesn't have to, um, you know, yeah, block. rebounds, block shot, yeah, yeah that, just, that kind just of do stuff the other is... stuff that you normally do. You know, like yeah, you don't have to score sure. on Gasol, you know, to, mm-hmm. to to get the value. But if he does, then you know, th- that's why I'm saying Gobert is cash safe. Okay. Okay. All right. So that that's that's the only thing I I, I want to mention. And then the last thing I will say is, um, you're if you want to gamble a little bit and, and throw in your GPP, I still like Carl Anthony Towns. He's definitely boom or bust. Um, only came up with you know eighteen and a half fantasy points in the last you know, game where he only played twenty two minutes. I don't really know what happened there, 
But this is the sort of upside that you have, 57.5 fantasy points in 33 minutes when he went for 28 and 14 with four blocks against Denver. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely that's that has GPP all over the place. It's not, it's not uh, the best matchup against Chicago, but you actually it's not as vaunted as a defensive matchup as it used to be. And we saw that with uh, the Charlotte Hornets who made it rain on them because Joakim Noah is not going to be the guy primarily defending Carl Anthony Towns. It's going to be Pau Gasol, who is a decent defender, but he's not a Joakim Noah defender. And then you got Miritich in that mix there as well. So, and I don't know if they consider Carl Anthony Towns the four or the five. If they do consider him the four, then it would sort of be better for him to be matched up against Miritich. But I think it's actually probably going to be uh, um, Pau Gasol. So there you have that. There's my home run GPP boomer bust play uh, for Saturday. Now, would you take Towns over Okafor? Because um, they're about the same price. I think you actually might even get a savings on Okafor, a couple hundred bucks. All right, so That's why it's tough for me to look at Towns, because I think Okafor is probably a better play. And I don't know what's up with Towns. Okafor. I mean, you, look, you, you kind of mentioned it. The last two games, 25 minutes, 22 minutes, he went from double-digit rebounds down to like... I think he had like six and three the last two games. Like I think we're talking. We're, we're talking to me. We're talking about two different scenarios because like Jill Okafor is a nice, safe, cheap center cash game play in my mind mm-hmm. because he's like averaging twenty points per, uh, and um, yeah. and he's not getting a ton of rebounds. He's not blocking a ton of shots. He's doing that every game. True. You know. Mm-hmm. So one of these games he's going to go off for rebounds and blocks, but like for the most part, this is what he's doing now. Is like he's. I think he's already just show, showing you this is what I do. I get yeah I get, solid cash game kind of guy. Right. I agree with that. Right, and then Carl Anthony Towns is the guy who can blow up for you know seven x value plus or yeah, twenty and fifteen with a couple blocks or something. Right, or smoke your GPP. So yeah, so that's yeah. that's um, those are what we're talking about. What you know, I, I would just never use those two in the same lineup, probably for the most part. Okay, yeah. Phil, makes sense. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. So subscribe for your downloading convenience. Give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for everybody for listening and for all, all the questions that have been coming in throughout the week. Uh, follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. Send all your comments and complaints and questions to me at Josh Hayes FS. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.